Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Attraction has to be more than physical. If you're truly looking for a marriage, then you need to be focused on shared values and you have to let attraction grow. That's what I did, though. Dude, you did not. <laughs> I did. You did not. You never gave your marriage a chance to grow in love. You never gave your marriage a chance to, to become attracted to it. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition, aka Here Go Hell Come. So here's the deal. We're three weeks out from decision day and Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper have decided to individually meet with the cast members to cause discord and chaos and negativity. <laughs> Just kidding. They're here to, you know, assess where things are at with the couples before decision day. So basically we just see them talk to every individual couple and then the individual or the couples come together and then they say like what they discussed. Really Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper asked everybody three questions like what are the highs? What are the lows? What questions and concerns do you have that you would like answered before decision day? So before we get to that, we get two scenes of Vincent and Brianna and Virginia and Eric. So we're going to start with Vincent and Brianna. They sit down and start talking about finances. And Brianna says, listen, I'm not a frugal person. So there are things that we're going to have to figure out because we want to buy a house. We want to start a family, yada, yada, yada. They go down through the whole thing. Brianna's saying she, like, if if I get braids that month, they might last a month. They'll probably cost me two fifty. Then with waxing, that's putting me at about four, little over four hundred dollars a month. The things just keep going. Brianna wants to, you know, uh, set aside money for entertainment. So she has an entertainment budget. Vincent's like, well, how about we put that at about $200 a month? And Brianna looks at him and is like, that's one date. And he's like, girl, <laughs> that's all I needed to know that Brianna was on Twitter. She's a Twitter girl. And she's seen the years long discourse about the infamous $200 date. If you guys don't know, it's this ongoing conversation that happens on Twitter. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. It's mostly just people who want to flex and talk about how you should never spend more than $200 in a date. That is ridiculous, you guys. We don't 
We don't need to. We don't need to do that. Um, I mean, that's really it. He bumps it up to 350. When all is said and done, when the totals come up, it's got them at just over $9,000 a month in expenses. And you can see the numbers just floating in front of Vincent's eyes of just like, how am I going? How? How, Sway? How is this going to happen? I, Vincent says, you know, I'm not really a frugal person, but looking at these numbers is a little shocking. And I feel like a lot of this stuff, a lot of this money should be going into our savings. Vincent says, you know, if we are creating this lifestyle where we're living how I'm envisioning we're living, where we have the nice house, we've got the pool table, we've got this and that. Do we also need to be spending a bunch of money going out? And then becomes the discussion... This discussion turns into being courted. So Brianna says, I still want us to go out. That's a very important thing to me that we still date, that you're still courting me. That is something vital to our relationship. That's basically a deal breaker for me. Not a deal breaker, but it's like a non-negotiable for me. Um, You know, she says, I don't want us to feel like we have to spend money every time we leave the house, but I'm not trying to sit at home all day either. I'm on, I'm on Vincent's side. I have to say $9,000 a month as a budget for all your living expenses. I mean, that's putting you over a hundred thousand a year and I just, I didn't see how much they delegated to putting in savings, but I mean, that's. That's a lot of money. I, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know where that money's coming from, especially since Vincent just started a business. He done got it like that, girl. He does not have it like that. Oof. Let's move on to Virginia and Eric. So Virginia's sister Jennifer comes over with her two kids and they're here to visit slash Jennifer's here to try and talk Virginia out of, <laughs> out of this marriage um, Virginia, when they sit all, they all sit down. It's Virginia, Eric, and Jennifer. They sit down, the kids are playing with their toys, and Jennifer's like, yeah, I feel like I haven't really been able to get a hold of you since you've been married. Like, what's up? And you could tell that Virginia's, like, really uncomfortable with that, and she's like, mm, guilty as charged. Eric tries to gloss over this whole situation, and he's like, you know, we don't really fight at all like everything's perfect blah 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 light and bright and Virginia's like yeah I mean we don't really fight about little things but you know most of our arguments are big stuff right (laughs) right hun she says you know one big thing that one issue that they're having is their living arrangements after the show and she says you know my lease isn't up until January I would like to just live there and then when my lease goes up. I would just like for us to move into a n- different place, a place for us. I don't want to live with Eric. I don't want to live in that bachelor pad. I don't want to live with that LED uh, fireplace that he's got. I don't want to live with that like blue light, horny room that you play acoustic guitar in. I want something for us. I want something where I can put up my old sorority pictures And you can play, you know, guitar there, you know, something that we can both have, right? Um, Then we get to an interview that Virginia has with production and she says, you know, 
Virginia hasn't really had a lot of serious relationships, so I just want to make sure that she's not looking at this through rose-colored glasses. So then Eric takes the boys out, takes them out to walk the dog, and Jennifer's like, uh, should I have even trusted Eric with my children? <laughs> Virginia's like, um, honestly, I haven't seen him around kids, but I know that he wants them. Does that help? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jennifer's like, I just, I'm like begging you to build a solid relationship before you bring children into this situation. And then Virginia says, you know, Eric's a little bit more controlling than I would like. And, you know, our lifestyles are really different and he's a lot like dad, you know, politically and socially. And <laughs> you could tell Jennifer's like, oh, well, um, then she says, you know, if you click with the guy and you know it, great. But if you don't, then making a firm commitment with him is like a really big deal. Please don't marry this Trump supporter girl. Please, I don't want this man in my life. <laughs> and I don't think he should be in yours. I, here, I, here's what I struggle with. I've been thinking this this whole time, and I don't know that I've said it on the show, but or on the podcast, but I, every time I see Virginia and Eric, I would think, damn, like if I were a liberal, you know, woke white woman, I would be fucking pissed if you pair me up with a Trump supporter who clearly doesn't give a shit about the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, like, I would be livid. I would be livid. And I just wonder, like, did they say how important politics are to me? Did they ask them these questions when they were screening these people? Because I tell you right now, if you can tell that she's very clearly feels some type of way about it. She doesn't like it. And I kind of wish that they would talk about that more. And I wonder why they don't like every time this has been mentioned, it's just like a skirting around the issue. And it's very obvious what she's trying to say, but I just, I wonder why they don't just be honest about that. And I, I wish that they would be. So let's move on. Finally, we're at the meetings with Pepper and Cal. So we'll start off with Eric and Virginia, actually. So Pastor Cal sits down with Virginia and he says, you know, what are the best things about your marriage? And she says, we have a lot of chemistry and, you know, we tend to get along on a day-to-day -day basis and our mannerisms are very similar. And she says, the good days are good, but the bad days are bad. And then she starts nervously laughing. Pastor Cal says, you know, the purpose of us getting together is to get you past these next three weeks and make sure that you're making the right decision. So then he asks her, what concerns do you have? She really starts to hesitate and she doesn't want to answer. And you can tell that she's not making eye contact with Pastor Cal. And she says, oh, this is hard. And then she says, you know, a big difference is that the kids. The fact that he really wants children and I just need to know how much of a deal breaker this is for Eric. Like, I feel like he's pretty much laid down a, the gauntlet and said, if you don't want to have kids, then I'm out. And she's like, I just need to know if that is really, truly how he feels. She says, you know, I have a fear of being pregnant and I also have a fear of being a bad mom and I've expressed that to him 
And Pastor Cal's like, okay, well, let's unpack that a bit. Like, why do you feel like you're going to be a bad mom? And she says, well, one, I just have, like, I feel, I feel like my fear of being pregnant is natural. But in terms of being mom, like, I just recently have a conversation with my dad. And we had this conversation about things that I remember happening in my childhood that he felt that I didn't remember. And I just worried about repeating history and fucking my kids up basically. And Pastor Kyle's like, listen, <laughs> I have kids. You're always going to do things to screw them up. But the fact that you have the presence of mind to even be concerned about that tells me that you're going to be a good mom. So I need you to like, Figure out what the deal is and really rewire your thinking around having kids. So then Virginia says, you know, Eric does have like a, a hard line about wanting to have kids and wanting to have them soon. And I just like need the assurance that he's not going to just leave if that doesn't happen. And she says, you know, for me, loyalty in a marriage, especially in a marriage means everything. And Pastor Cal's like, well, you need to tell Eric how you feel. And then he tells her, you know, it's really time for you to get vulnerable and deep. And she says, yeah, I know, but that's the hard part. So then we see Eric meet with Dr. Pepper. And something that struck me pretty much immediately is the difference between how he treats Pepper and how he treats Virginia. Like he very... It almost was like he was going to the principal's office. He treats Dr. Pepper for what we saw. He treated her with so much respect and listened to her different perspective and her perspective on how Virginia handles things and how he handles things. I thought it was really interesting because the way he speaks to Virginia is so controlling and so... I know better than you. I'm older. I have more life experience, but night and day between how he treats Virginia and how he treats Pepper. So let's talk about it. Dr. Pepper starts by asking Eric to tell her about the high points. And he says, you know, from the minute we laid eyes on each other at the wedding, it was just an instant connection. We're so good. We get along. It's amazing. I really love her. And I don't want to fight with her ever because I love her when things are good. <laughs> and then he says, you know, we, we have issues and when we'll talk about them, we just really kind of chip at it. We don't really get to the core of the issue. And Dr. Pepper says, you know, I have heard about a couple of your issues, Eric, one of them being the dog. And so Eric goes on about how you know, Virginia is so set on the idea of Rocky being just her dog. And, you know, he said that she has a hard time saying that, like, he said he wants to be involved in the training of the dog and that Virginia is having a hard time with that. She just wants to do her own thing with Rocky. She doesn't want him to be part of it. And Pepper looks him straight in his eye, like stone cold expression. And she says, why do you need to be that dog's father so badly? <laughs> so then Eric says well you know if we're gonna make this marriage work I need to be part of that dog's life and Pepper's like girl <laughs> she's like if you let's talk about like if Rocky were a human child and Virginia was bringing this kid 
into, you know, for, she had a child from a previous relationship and she's, you know, you guys get together. For you to say, oh, I want to be a 50-50 parent to this child weeks into y'all's relationship, it'd be weird. So think about that in terms of this situation that you're in. Like, this needs something that needs to be developed over time. And Eric, you need to understand that from her perspective. And Eric's like, wow, I didn't even think about that. He's like, I just wanted to show her that I cared, but like, now I understand and I will do that. And it's just like, okay. I mean, yes. Or no, rather. Did Virginia express it to him in that way? No. Did she handle it well? (laughs) I think she handled it probably like most people would, which is just like, I'm so sick of hearing this man act like he's my daddy. You know? (laughs) Like, I, I don't like this. Like, the bad parts of my father, I'm sick of it. And so, he got what he deserved. Based on how he treated her. I will say that. But thank God for growth. He says, I'll think about that. And I'll take that to heart. Um, so then Pepper asks, like, what are things that you need to hear in order to feel like you're progressing in this relationship? And feeling like the things that need to be dealt with have been dealt with. And Eric says, you know, I asked for an independent person. And I love that she is. But she's also kind of too independent and that can be a problem and he says you know when she wants to do something and hang out with her friends on the weekend that that's it it's gonna happen no matter what and I just feel like most of the time personally I would rather stay home so it's hard to break that cycle with her so Pepper says okay on the one hand that's not okay (laughs) right (laughs) but on the other hand Maybe you should approach it by saying, hey, there are four weekends in a month. If we could designate one of those weekends to just us, can we do that? And just see how she responds to that. And then she says, you know, like, it's really hard to have effective uh, communication when you guys have been drinking or even the next day if you guys still have when she said alcohol poisoning and I wonder if maybe Dr. Pepper is sober because she seemed to have like very uh extreme views about drinking Pepper says you guys need to be honest with each other but not cruel and Eric says yeah that's like a hard thing to do (laughs) so then Pepper suggests to Eric to just ask her to stop drinking for a while and see how that affects their communication. And he's like, I'll do it, but I don't think that she will. <laughs> it's just wild just to see how he communicates with her. So they get together, they meet up at the apartment and Virginia's there first. She's sitting on the counters in the kitchen. You know, it's like, Every manic pixie dream girl like Virginia uses their kitchen counters as furniture. And, you know, I love that for you. If you want to put your outside clothes and your ass on a kitchen counter, go ahead, girl. I hope you have some microban. Um, so you could tell that when she's waiting for him, she's feeling like anxious. You could just tell it's just emanating off of her. 
So Eric walks in and he starts by saying, you know, Pepper gave me some tips and she told me to let go of the dog thing. And Virginia's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and then he says, you know, the biggest thing that I got from our conversation is how drinking is an issue for us when we have arguments. And Virginia says, honestly, I think we would have had these arguments regardless of how much alcohol we had. I think she's right. But again, I've said it before, like her, it, clearly drinking is a very sensitive issue for her. I think that the way um, Eric has tried to control her drinking makes it worse. But I think even if he were like nice and not Eric about the whole situation, I think it would still rub her the wrong way. And that, of all the things, that's really the only issue I have with Virginia, is that she's got to let her relationship to drinking go. Because Eric says, you know, moving forward, I would just like, like, if we're going to have hard discussions, serious conversations, that I would prefer that we not be drinking. I would prefer that we be sober. And then she shuts down and is like, I'm not going to talk about this. <laughs> like, well, why? Why? I, I just, I hope she's watching this and saying my reaction to alcohol is unhealthy. It's really unhealthy. Um, so then Virginia says, you know, like, with regard to the children, it hurts me to know that it's like a deal breaker, especially when you know that I have insecurities about having children. And she's like, well, what if I can't even have kids, you know? And Eric's like, you know, if you physically can't have children, of course, I'm not going to leave you. Like, that's a bridge that we're just going to have to cross when we get there. But I don't want you to be worried about that. And Eric tells Virginia, like, I think you would be a great mom one day. And I hope that you're not living in fear of that because everybody's scared to have kids. And then Eric brings up setting the one weekend a month aside for them, right? And Virginia says, I have no problem with that if we plan it in advance. And she's like, that way I don't make plans with my friends. And Eric said, well, you're going to have to realize, and this is how he speaks to her. Like, you're going to have to realize, or you're going to have to do this or like, stop. This is where he loses me. <laughs> like he is right. She doesn't have to go out with her friends every weekend. But when you say you're going to have to realize or this, that, and the third, it's like done done. I, I'm not hearing you after that. Um, he says, you're going to have to realize that you'll have to cancel things for me. And Virginia says, I have no problem setting time aside for you, but I think it's unfair that you would ask me to cancel things at the last minute for you. And Eric says, well, you do. There are going to be times where you're going to have to say like, I'm going to be with my husband. I'm not going to hang out with you guys right now. And then basically Virginia says that that would be unfair for her to have to cancel things because she usually plans things in advance to be with her friends and she doesn't want to just have to cancel last things, the things at the last minute because of him. And Eric says, well, but my job, 
like it doesn't really allow for me to plan ahead all the time. So that's really unfair for me to have to plan things in advance. And I, I guess I see both of their points, but I'm kind of going to have to be on team Eric. If you're forced to make me choose, I just, I don't understand like why this is so important to her, but I also can understand that how, based on how he treats her, this is like a control thing for her. And I think in a certain way, it's a control thing for him, but in a different way, like she feels like, in my opinion, that most of their relationship is being controlled by Eric. And so this is the one thing that she is going to put her foot down on. Eric makes a good point. It's like every weekend you don't need to be getting wasted with your friends. Like you don't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do that. And yeah, there should be times where we both have time off and we're spending time quality time with each other. I don't see what the big deal is, except for the fact that Eric is a dickhead. And I think that's really the only reason why she's digging her heels into this situation. All right, let's move on to Ryan and Clara. So Ryan meets up with Dr. Pepper and she starts off by saying, you know, I'm not here to find the cracks in the wall. Yes, you are. (laughs) But I am here to help you think about things. So she asked Ryan to talk about the high points in their relationship. And he says, you know, there was an instant connection and it's like they're magnetically connected without saying anything. And he says, you know, like, it's really a challenge for me to even think of anything off the top of my head that might be bad. So (laughs) then we hear Dr. Pepper say in a confessional, some people like to project like their relationship is perfect. And they still don't feel like they they don't feel comfortable in letting their flaws be seen, but no human is perfect, and therefore no relationship can be perfect. <laughs> Read him, sis. Let him know. <laughs> Pepper says, you know, I'm glad that there's this initial chemistry between you guys, but you have to be willing to put stuff on the table that is difficult or causes you anxiousness. So Pepper brings up your parents are both religious, right? And he's like, Yeah, and she notes that, you know, you haven't really had any conversations with Clara about your religion, except for that first one when they were on uh, their honeymoon. So she says, you know, you haven't really had a lot of conversations about the way you guys grew up. And Ryan says, I do understand how she was raised, but you know, like I'm not pressuring her or pushing her into something that she doesn't want to do. And he says, you know, like, I know how I would want to raise my family and I want to have Christian kids and they haven't really spoken about that. And so then Pepper says, remind me, um, are you guys still waiting on having intercourse? (laughs) No, and damn well, two days ago, you just got this footage of Clara popping off in front of all the other wives about not only how they're not having sex, but how she's not having sex because she's the one giving him pleasure and he's not doing a damn thing. But I love that because that was petty. That was the petty that I needed. Thank you, Petty Pepper. Um, so 
Ryan says, uh, Pepper says, sorry. Right. So she asks, like, you guys haven't had intercourse, correct? And he's like, correct. And so Pepper says, well, how does that make Clara feel? And Ryan says, um, I, I should probably ask. I don't know. <laughs> Sir. Sir. <sighs> Lord. So then Pepper says, you know, I'm really worried about Clara feeling some level of rejection and wondering if you not being physical with her is reflective of a lack of commitment on your end, Ryan. And Pepper says, you know, the more that you guys can talk and be specific about what your emotional needs are, then you, that might be the time where you realize that there's a bigger elephant in the room than you might think. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Woo. Um, Oh, here's, it's such a complicated situation between Claire and Ryan because consent, right? (laughs) Like Ryan should absolutely only be having sex when he feels like he's ready to do so. But then you bring in the factor of you guys are married. Marriage should, or sex should be a part of a healthy marital relationship, right? So you guys having this elephant in the room and this unspoken thing and there's this tension about sex, like, yeah, I mean, she's right. Most people would, if they were in a relationship with somebody who didn't want to smash, (laughs) you're going to feel like either that person doesn't like me or they're not committed to this relationship or, yeah. So, it's tough. I mean, it's, to me, I just want to be like, just do it, dude. Like, just rip the band-aid off and do it. Like, why does nobody ask Ryan, what, is there something more to this than that? Because let's talk about Clara and Pastor Cal. Because, girl, okay. So Clara starts off by telling Pastor Cal, you know, like, I can't imagine having been matched with a better person. You guys did such a great do- job. And, um... Cal asks her, like, well, can you rate your relationship out of 10? And she says, 10. Is it? <laughs> so Pastor Cal's like, oh, really? <laughs> Clara says, well, yeah, this is the best relationship I've ever had. <laughs> so he has to dig deeper and say, you know, is there anything that you have an issue with? And she brings up the fact that he's not said I love you to anybody ever and she's waiting for him to take to say it before she's too far down the rabbit hole all alone by herself and so claire cal asks for clarification like so you love him but you're waiting on him to say i love you first right and claire's like well yeah so cal says in a voiceover that you know a marriage cannot be 10 out of 10 if you cannot communicate with your partner thank you cal thank you calvin um Then Cal challenges Claire to ask Ryan when they can get to the I love you stage. And then he says, have you guys progressed in terms of consummating your marriage? And Claire says, you know, things have been the same. And then we cut to the footage of her popping off uh, in that surveillance camera at the apartment, at Haley's apartment. And 
she said, you know, like how Ryan builds this all up to be a fairy tale and rose petal situation and bachelor style high romance before they get to the sex part. And Clara says, yeah, I absolutely want to have sex with my husband, but in his past relationships, he's been a lot more reserved than I have. And then she says that Ryan told her that he's had relationships that went on for months or even years without sex. <laughs> like how old were you in these relationships because if this if these are relationships I'm gonna even say I'm gonna even say like if these are relationships that have happened past college and I think I'm being very generous by saying that if these are post-collegiate relationships that have been long-term and you never had sex with them what are we doing here? What's happening? What's going on? If he's a virgin, just say it, dog. <laughs> Have they said, has he explicitly said, I am not a virgin? Because Clara did not say that because somebody asked her in a previous um, uh, episode and her answer was not like he explicitly said yes. It was just like, I assume, or it's been heavily suggested that he is not a virgin, but I think it's time now to ask, are you a virgin? Are you saving yourself? Have you ever put your penis inside a hole? Any hole. Not a hand hole, not a mouth hole. We're talking south, a southern hole. Have you been, has your penis been south of the equator? That's what I need to know. Because to me, it's like, gosh, if, how can, if this is, it just doesn't make sense to me that he would do this in multiple relationships if he's not a virgin. Years? Months? Mm-mm. I, how can he not, uh, <laughs> how is that possible? Nothing. I, I got nothing. I get nothing in my mind. Just like, I just don't, but question marks. I just don't know how it's possible that he could not be a virgin and continuously have these like long-term goalposts to sex. I don't get it. So I'm fully, I think Ryan's a virgin. That's my, that's my truth. And that's probably his truth too. All right. So then Ryan and Clara get together and Ryan brings up how they, spoke about religion and asked Clara like where religion fits in for her in terms of a future family. Clara says, I know what do you want our, our, or your children to go, um, to church and be raised at the church. But you know, like I just want our kids to be able to explore other options. And she says, you know, I just don't want my kids to be at church because they feel like they have to be. So she says, you know, like my parents have been married for 30 years and I went to church growing up and my dad never went. So I can see how a relationship can work when there are, you know, differences of opinion on religion. Ryan does not challenge her in the moment, but in a confessional, he says, I do really want my kids to be raised in church. And that is super, super important to me. Ryan, say it. (laughs) 
then tell her. Don't look down at your size seven shoe and and move on to the next subject. That's a big deal. So you need to let her know that that's a big deal to you. So then they move on to his feelings about sex. And Clara says, you know, I know you well enough to know that the more I push talking about this topic, the further away you get, the more distant you get. And she says, you know, like, I am a little bit sexually frustrated, but I also have a lot of respect for you. And Ryan says, you know, I want to make sure that you know it's not like a no thing and I just don't want something like that to be like a checkbox situation. I want it to be meaningful and something that's special to us. Well, what's, you know, (laughs) Claire asks, like, do you see this happening anytime soon? And Ryan's just like, I don't know. Okay, well, then it kind of is a, you know, (laughs) like, there's no, you can't just be floating out here in the ether, out here in outer space and just be like, I don't know. Like, if you have been weeks into a relationship month over a month into this relationship and you just have no idea on earth when you plan on having sex with your wife that's a problem ryan think about it maybe take a day off a crossfit and and sit and ponder maybe you can fix your kitchen cabinet while you're at it do something productive lord i mean at this point i will just give up and i'll volunteer as tribute damn it (laughs) i'll get a strap on it no i won't but (laughs) i will not but i mean damn like a girl girl prayers up for clara y'all she needs it okay so even though Paige and patty melt were the next in line because so much fuck shit happened i'm gonna end that with them so let's move on to vincent and brianna so vincent sits down with pastor cal and he says you know that the thing about he and Brianna is that they have had fun since day one and they really take care of each other and they're both like family people. So they're coming from a warm place and they're just like on the same wavelength and pastor Cal's like, cool, cool. So like what challenges have you guys had? <laughs> Vincent says, you know, definitely communication because Brianna can be really assertive at times and she likes things to be done a certain way. And when it comes to like, business and things in the household she can be sort of what he calls narrow-minded about certain things hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... 
When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Thanks. So then Vincent says, you know, on my end, the thing that I can work on is the fact that my attention span is really short and I'm trying to work on that. So Pastor Cal asks, like, do you have any unanswered questions you would like to know before decision day? And Vincent says, Brianna gets up really early and she also expects me to get up really early. But when I come home from work, I'm exhausted, I'm tired And I just want to stay in bed a little bit longer because I work so hard. So then Vincent asked Cal, like, would it be wrong of me to ask Brianna to sleep in more? And I'm like, that's such a sad question. (laughs) Like, are you afraid of her? (laughs) That's sad. It made me feel bad for him. So he, Cal says, like, you know, what do you think, what is it about sleeping in that you think that Brianna has an issue with? And he says, well, I just assume that she thinks it's lazy to sleep in when genuinely I'm just tired. (laughs) And Vincent says, you know, like I end up feeling almost guilty about sleeping in. And Cal says, do not feel bad about doing the things that are in your best interest. And Pleasing Brianna does not mean doing everything that she tells you to do. Don't worry about being a little bit selfish because in this case, it's not bad. It means that you're taking care of yourself. Now, as a person who would really like, I would love to be asleep 19 hours out of the day. Like that would be great for me. Um, I get it. It's like, take care of yourself. I want to know what time it is that she wakes up what time she thinks is acceptable. That's what I would like to know. We didn't really get into the specifics of what time her wake up time is, but moving on to Brianna, Pepper asked Brianna, like, what are the high points of the marriage? And Brianna says, Vincent's really kind. And I appreciate that if I'm feeling low, if I'm stressed out about work, he's just such a joyous person that he can bring me back to that positive side. So in terms of challenges, Brianna says that they have very different communication styles, which we've seen. And she says, you know, she says things in the moment, whereas Vincent will brush things off or not let her know and, you know, uh, pout, threaten to go back home and then come back home and then go in the parking garage and turn around or, you know, all, all the hits that we've seen happen with Vincent when he's pissed off, right? So she told him, you know, like, speak up in the moment when you're feeling some type of way. So then Pepper asks, are there any questions that you want answered before decision day? And Brianna says, 
that she wants to know why financial stability is so important to Vincent. <laughs> now, on its surface, it's like, well, but why do you think, girl? <laughs> like, because it should be important? Duh. But I guess she thinks that it's more serious than it needs to be. And she says what she said to Vincent, which is, you know, I work hard. I like to enjoy the fruits of my labor. I want to have experiences. I want to go out. I want to travel. I want to do those things and enjoy my money. Whereas I just feel like Vincent just wants to save. He just wants to budget for the future. And Pepper says, you know, I get the feeling that Vincent's a very proud man. So I'm going to encourage you, Brianna, to ask Vincent, like, what it means in terms of his financial, excuse me, his dignity and his ability to provide. And then Pepper asks, is there anything else? And Brianna says, you know, Vincent wants to have kids in like a year or two. I would like to wait two, three, four seven years to to have kids and she says she reveals that she has high blood pressure and we've seen Brianna she's clearly thin seems to adopt a very healthy lifestyle she says no matter what I do how good I eat it just doesn't go down like that's just what I have and that's going to make giving birth and being pregnant harder for me she says that they've never really spoken about it in real terms. Like she just told him, Hey, I have high blood pressure, but she assumes that he did not associate that with like any complications that she might have in terms of birthing or having babies. And Pepper tells her, you know, it's important that you talk to him about your fears. And Brianna says, I just don't want to let him down. And again, like much like him asking Cal, if it's okay, if he can have a conversation with Brianna about maybe sleeping in, for another hour. Um, it made me sad that she felt like she didn't want to disappoint him about having children. I wonder, it seems to me like she doesn't want to have kids. Like that's it. <laughs> and it, that makes me sad for the both of them more so for her, I guess, because probably she kind of feels the same way of Virginia is like, is that all is that going to be all she wrote if I say no it just makes me sad so then Vincent and Brianna get together and Brianna starts by saying that she has questions and the first topic she like pulls out her phone she's like uh first on the docket is finances and she thinks that you know the way they view spending and saving is different yeah thank you thank you for joining the class Brianna like I said, she says she has, like, a work hard, play hard mentality, and Vincent says, I understand that, but, like, I personally, I've done that, I've had the nice cars, I've done the nice things, I'm just not in that place anymore, I'm not interested in living like any that anymore, and I just want to build a future and be more strategic about how I spend my money. And then Brianna says, so it sounds like you want to make bigger changes than I do, but, like, do I have to do that? <laughs> And she says, you know, like, I don't want to cut corners on being courted. So, I, like, I just don't want to change our entertainment budget that we had set. Vincent says, we're a family now. And I just don't want to, uh, I don't want you to completely change your spending habits, but just a little bit. And Brianna says, you know, 
every date doesn't have to be $200. We can go hiking or biking and there are things that are free that we can do. But, you know, and I do agree with you about our savings. So then Vincent brings up the sleeping in situation and Brianna says, you know, if you wake up early, you can be a lot more productive during the day. And I just feel like it would be better if we woke up at the same time. So Vincent says, well, what can you, what can we do to compromise? And she says, oh, we have to compromise. <laughs> uh, she's like, well, how about we just go to bed earlier so that we can wake up earlier and feel better? Right? <laughs> how about we just do what I said? That's my compromise is that we do everything that I just said. And then she starts talking about like, oh, you know, you stay up and you're on your phone at night and that keeps your brain awake and that's why you're not going to sleep and blah, blah, blah. She said, you know, how about we just go to bed earlier and then also wake up earlier, right? (laughs) You could just tell like Vincent's like, I'm going back to when you called me Champagne Vinny. I'm going back to when we were doing salsa. Like he's just over it. He's just over it. And so when Brianna changes the subject into the baby stuff, it's just like that thing of I'm feeling some type of way about what we just talked about. So now I can't really have a productive conversation about something else because it's I I can't because you just you just pulled me off. You just said that I have to go to bed earlier and wake up earlier. There was no compromise when I asked for one. So And now he looks like the asshole because sleep versus I don't want to give birth are like a very different level of seriousness. (laughs) And that sucks for him because now he looks like a wild dickhead being weird about her not wanting to have babies when I think really he it would have been a much better conversation had they had it before he had just gotten pissed off. (laughs) So he ends up looking kind of mean, but I, I'm seeing where you're coming from, Vincent, because she just was just like, I'm not trying to compromise on anything. So can we talk about my issues? I get it. I get it, Vincent. I see you. We see each other. So when Brianna says, you know, we're on different timelines in terms of having babies and we haven't really spoken about it in depth. But I just want you to let me let you know that, like, I'm afraid to give birth. And she says, you know, I'm hesitant about my body changing and evolving and my blood pressure is already elevated. When you have a baby inside you, it elevates even more. And that's a really scary situation. I'm concerned for myself and the life of the baby. And in a confessional, Brianna says, you know, like she notices that Vincent is getting frustrated and I'm thinking, yeah, but not about this. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that he's pissed off about this or frustrated about this. So Vincent says, you know, the longer we wait to have kids, the more potential issues could happen for you. Right. And she's like, I get that, but it's just scary in general. So Vincent says in a confessional, you know, I'm a little bit alarmed by this information because if I'm to picture myself on my deathbed, like I just can't imagine not having children around me. 
Fair point. Fair point. All right, moving on to Haley and Jacob. Jacob walks in to his interview with Pastor Cal. He's rocking like a, a nice little suit jacket and he's got a full beard. Honestly, Jacob looks good. Best he's looked all season, for sure. Cal starts by asking, you know, what are the best things? And Jacob says, honestly, I have a physical attraction to Haley, but it just seems like we haven't been able to connect and find that common ground. And he basically says that he feels like he's playing by Haley's rules in order to make a connection, but he doesn't really think that Haley wants to connect with him. So Cal says that you guys have to put in the work to even see if this relationship has legs, but it doesn't seem like you've gotten to any sort of deep level in terms of communication. And it's like, you guys don't really know a heck of a lot of you about each other. So Cal says, if you could ask a Haley a question and you knew that she would answer it without any sort of walls up or reservations, what would you ask her? Jacob says, I would ask her what made her pull back when we were in Vegas because I have no idea, but I've been telling you guys, you, the listeners, what happened in Vegas to make her pull back. And that is his terrible stroke game. She had sex with him drunk. It was bad. And from here, from there on out, not great. Not great. It's not even like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) I kind of feel like if he was good in bed, that they would have continued to have sex. And they would have built a connection from there. That's my truth. But I think he's probably just trash. She didn't like it. He got weird about it. And then she really didn't like him. So. Hmm. Sorry, Jacob. If he wants to ask me the question, I can answer that perfectly fine without my walls up. <laughs> you can you can DM me, Jacob. I'll, I'll tell you all day, every day. Um, so then he says, you know, I would want to know what her expectations are for her husband and what she wants from a husband and what I can do to like really engage and develop that intimacy because I'm looking for a lifetime partner and somebody to start a family with. So Pastor Cal says, you know, I know that you really wanted to be married, but is there any part of you that still wants to be married to Haley? (laughs) Jacob says, I admire her determination and I could see why we were matched because we do complement each other in certain ways. So yeah, I'll give it a shot. So moving on to Haley and Dr. Pepper. Pepper says, you know, I know your relationship is full of issues, but can you tell me about any good times that you've had? (laughs) (laughs) I know that your relationship is pure garbage, girl. Is there any light at the end of that garbage tunnel? Help me out, sis. So Haley says, you know, I was looking for a guy who's stable and I know that he has a good job. He's got a house. He's got the dogs that he loves. And I know that if I were to call him and I needed help, that he would be there. But then she says, you know, the fact that I can't find a common ground or any sort of connection with him is a issue for me. So Pepper says, you know, one of the things that confuses me about your relationship is that I don't think you guys have really ever tried to know each other on a deep level. So Pepper asks her, like, do you have any questions? And Haley says, well, the one thing is that he's lived in Atlanta for 10 years and he cannot verbalize what he's been doing in that 10 years, except for moving. 
So I just wonder, like, if he has any sort of other dreams. <laughs> this is like, this came out of nowhere for me. And we do see a flashback of five days prior where she is asking, what have you done in the decades since you've lived, of you, you know, since you've been living in Atlanta? And his answer is just like, I don't know, just dated. Okay. Would you go to Stone Mountain? Have you been to the Coke Museum? Uh, have you, <laughs> I, I mean, anything. Have you been to Savannah? Freaknik? Anything? I don't know. I, w like, what's happening, dude? You've just been dating? Not very well, apparently. But on the other hand, like, is it that big of a deal? Or is it... What you should be saying is that, like, when I try to make conversation with Jacob, he gives me nothing. I don't, I mean, it's not about him not being, able, I mean, it is about you having no ability to tell me that you've done anything in the past 10 years. But that specific issue is not the issue. The issue is that he has no personality and that when you try with him, he gives you, he pays you dust, basically. Haley says to Pepper, you know, I feel like I really have tried with Jacob, but I just feel like I've never felt like it was a two-way street between us. So Pepper says, you know, I feel like it feels like Jacob has made a lot of changes for you, but it doesn't really feel like you've done anything to change for him. And we see this montage of him doing fashion show at lunch when she bought him those clothes, when he's at the, they were at the pumpkin patch with Vincent and Brianna, and he's talking about how he's drank more wine with Haley in the past couple months than he has in a couple of years, and um, just a couple of other examples of him like really trying to accommodate her. Bever says, you know, it just feels like you are looking for somebody to just drop into your life and be perfect. And that's not going to happen <laughs> girl. So then Pepper says, is there any, is there any aspect of his expectations of you that make you feel uncomfortable? And Haley starts talking about how her parents always had high expectations and she's always put a lot of pressure on herself. And then she goes, oh, here we go again. And she starts crying and she says, you know, I've been, cr I've cried more in these past two months than I have my whole life. And, um, I noticed when she was wiping her tears, she was not wearing her ring. Interesting. So Haley says, you know, I wanted to be married so bad, but there was a lot of pressure doing this process and it just feels like a failure to me. And it's been hard for me to deal with. So Pepper says, well, you can't be a failure because it's not over and there's so much worth fighting for. Is there? <laughs> I don't know that there is, but okay. She's like, you know, if you feel like the marriage is worth saving, then fight for it. So Pepper encourages her to get the answers to her questions that she has before decision day. And that way you won't feel like a failure. That way, you know, your side of the street is clean. You tried. There's no failing if you tried. So then Haley and Jacob uh, sit down before. But before that, we see a confessional of Jacob. And he says that he's starting to recognize that he's making the same stakes with this relationship. Did I say stakes? Same mistakes in this relationship that he has in past relationships. And so he wants to take Pastor Cal's advice because he doesn't want to fail. So Haley brings up the fact that he really only ever talks about childhood memories 
and college memories and that he's never really talked about anything that's happened in his life in the past 10 years. And Jacob explains, you know, I, it's just been kind of boring because all of my friends started transitioning into getting married and having kids and I didn't have that. And it really like took a blow to my social life. And he says, ever since I was about 33, I've just been focused on dating and trying to find somebody to marry. And Haley's like, okay, thank you. That makes a lot more sense. I get it now. Um, so Jacob says, you know, I've noticed that you have a theme of needing time and space. So can we get to the root of that? And Haley says that her last boyfriend was like, really controlling they were together for five years and it's just like a reaction to that she's like i just never feel like i never want to feel like i have to do something that i don't want to do so then jacob asks, like do you think that you're still letting your past control you in a way that's affecting your current <laughs> in a way that maybe is not healthy and Haley says yeah i'm sure I'm sure. And I know that I can be better about it because this process has made me have to be better. But I do feel like it, we don't really have a two-way street in term of, terms of conversations where we get to know each other. So Jacob says, do you feel like you try to engage with me and I don't respond? And she's like, yeah. And Jacob says, well, it just didn't feel like you wanted me to approach you or engage with you. So I just kind of shut down. And Haley says, well, at times it feels like you weren't even really trying. So it makes me walk around on eggshells. Again, Jacob keeps equating like attraction, like physical attraction and sexual attraction and affection with the relationship. But they're not speaking, they're not on the same page at all. Because everything to him seems to be tied up in the physical whereas she is just like I just want to get to know you but he can't see that she needs that mental and emotional attraction and stimulation to get to the physical this is not like a Clara and Ryan situation I think she would be perfectly fine being physical when she feels safe and when she feels comfortable and when she feels like she's in a relationship <laughs> I, I think the goalposts for her are very clear i just think there's still some aspect of him that does not get it and he really needs to separate like let's get to know one another and stop being so insecure about me not wanting to make out with you or kiss you or be physical with you stop because that's never going to work and they're just gonna be stuck in this like i don't even fair know if it's fair to say limbo it's just like a negative cycle of just like she feels uncomfortable and so she doesn't give him, you know, quote unquote, what he wants. And then so he doesn't give her what she wants. And then that makes her not want to feel physical. You know, it's just a vicious cycle. And I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Speaking of things I don't like, let's end this episode on Paige and Patty. Girl. So we start off with Paige having a sit down with Dr. Pepper. She is giving us red table by wearing that jumpsuit. And she's got a, I was going to say it was a brand new wig. I don't know if it's fair to say that it's a fresh wig out of the pack. Okay. 
don't know if it's fresh wig. The wig, I will say, is telling us everything we need to know about what this woman has been going through. Like, if I saw Paige on the street, I would be like, oh, honey, what did this man do to you? <laughs> you know? Like, I, this is a wig of a woman who has a man who has screwed her over. And if we're going to talk about the wig that she wore during that interview with Dr. Pepper, we definitely have to talk about the wig she wore in her confessional, her new confessional look with the pink outfit. That wig is tired, girl. She is weary. She (laughs) wants rest. She needs to be sleeping in that bed, sleeping right in, put the wig next to Vincent's pillow and let them both sleep in because they're both exhausted. (laughs) I like girl Paige in these new confessionals, her pink outfit confessionals. Did she look in a mirror is like she went to the interview and driving in a car with a top down. And it was just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And it was kind of a rainy day because it's kind of smooshed down on her head and also just very flat, but also very chaotic. I don't know if this is like some sort of mixed media art, if it's a statement on her mental state, but it seems like it. Let me move on. Let me move on. Cause you know, sister to sister, I don't want to be dogging this girl's wig too bad but like we got to tell the truth i'm a truth teller and i'm a journalist as you all know and so i just have to report on what i'm seeing and what i'm seeing are two wigs that need to be retired moving on um page sits down and dr pepper says you know i'm so sorry i know it's been tough but i want you to know that i thought you guys were going to be a great couple we all thought that We thought that we had somebody, you know, everything on paper looked good and what he told us was good. And we had no idea what a mess of a life had been happening behind closed doors. The page says, it was a lot for me and I never expected to feel the way I felt in the past couple weeks. But, and I just keep wondering why me, what did I do that led me to this point? Time out. Um... What you did is continue to let this man in your life after he told you that he wasn't physically attracted to you. Do you deserve any of the things that happened to you? No. But you also left the door open. And so you can't really be surprised if a possum runs into your house. You know? If you're leaving that door wide open. You know? If a rat comes in, if a roach comes in, you know, y'all feel me. (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. She's basically like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, if you if you don't shut that well out, Samara's going to come out and there you are. Seven days later, you're part of the ring. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm done with the analogies, you guys. I just feel like okay. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> so, um, what happens after that? So Pepper says, you know, Pepper says, I want you to know that you are the superior human being in this situation. And if Chris wasn't an extraordinary narcissist, I'm not gonna mince my words. He would recognize that, and I don't want you to take that garbage. So then Pepper says, you know, so many women, when they find themselves in a situation like this, they think they're not good enough. And Pepper says, the lesson that I want you to take from this is that you deserve much better now that you're not enough. So Paige says, you know, it would be one thing if we were just not compatible, but in her words, to have somebody come in and this wasn't just a random hookup. So she's talking about the baby now. Or, you know, the the pregnancy situation. To just have somebody come in and this wasn't a random hookup. This was a moment with your ex-fiance that you claimed to be, to have the clo- the door closed on. Like, this wasn't just a random hookup. You knew this chick. You had a previous relationship. You had a previous very serious relationship that you claimed was over. But here you are halfway through the uh, process of being on a show and you're inseminating your ex-fiance, like, what? what is this? What is this, honey? So Paige says, you know, like, I just don't understand why Chris would sign up for this when he hasn't closed the door from the, his past. And Pepper says, I don't think that Chris thinks about anybody but himself, you know? And if he wasn't such a narcissist, he would have had the understanding to know that he had to be straight with you from the beginning. And then she says, you know, it's not just a marriage, it's a public situation, right? And I think it's a great question to ask why he would do this. And then Pepper says, you know, I still have a question about why he would want you to meet the mother of his child. What was that about? <laughs> like, well, I don't know how you expect her to answer the question. She she has no answers, girl. But okay. That, I mean, it's a great question. I just don't know how you expect an answer. Um, so Paige says, you know, Mercedes is a sweet lady, but, you know, she told me, and then we get the flashback of her Mercedes telling Paige, I think that maybe Chris has alluded to the fact that we might be trying to work things out. And I'm just letting you know, that's not my intentions right now. (laughs) And then Pepper says, you know, like, I'm just confused about why Mercedes would have said that and then willingly accepted the car that Chris bought you, her. And Paige says, I just wonder why Chris would need to share that information with you. And Pepper says, well, the person, the purpose was to hurt you, plain and simple. He wanted to hurt you. So then Pepper says, you know, I just want you to be conscious of your boundaries and how people treat you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Yes, girl. Shout that from the rooftops. 
Shout it from the rooftops. So then Dr. Pepper says, well, I guess it's onward and up for, for you. And then they just sit there <laughs> and they do this like Laguna Beach, the OC sort of like, we don't really know what to do with this footage. So we're just going to have like Paige staring at Dr. Pepper and then Dr. Pepper is staring at Paige and then Paige is staring at Dr. Pepper again. And then Dr. Pepper is staring at Paige. And it's just like, it felt like, maybe you guys didn't know this, but notice it, but it felt like it was a good five seconds. And it felt like an hour of them just like going back and forth, staring at each other. And to the point where I was like, okay, are we done? Are we cutting to commercial here? No, no, the conversation was not over. (laughs) So Paige says, you know, I just think I need to face Chris on decision day and ask him why he would sign up for something like this if he is so quick and eager to drop his marriage in a week. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, do your stretches. Put some of that black under your eye like the football players do because we have entered the arena for the fuckboy Super Bowl. My God, what is wrong with Chris? What is right with him? What is right with him would be a better easier much quicker answer because the answer to that is not a damn thing he is a sick man oh girl okay so we start off with some fuck shit pastor cal is waiting he's sitting anxiously in his interview chair he's yawning a screen comes up and says uh chris agreed to meet with pastor cal at seven it is now seven forty-three. so pastor cal eventually says i don't think he's gonna show up so can we wrap this the producer says yes, and as soon as they say, yeah, we can wrap, Chris walks through the door. Slithers. He slithers through the door. So he starts mumbling something about time. time. It wasn't an apology. It really didn't even make sense. It was just blah, 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 time. It wasn't like, sorry for being late. It was mumble, mumble, time. Okay. So... Cal says, you know, this is one of the most difficult matches that I've ever encountered because I had high hopes and I believe that you guys had the potential. So then Cal says, at one point, you told me that you thought you and Paige were a good on paper match. And Chris says, yeah, we are good on paper for sure. But she's not the type of woman that like, if I were at a bar or a church, I would say, oh, let me go talk to her. (sighs) So Pastor Cal asks, why not? And Chris says, you know, I think it's just like the physical features, you know, like her face. I'll be damned. This man looks like if they were doing a live action Aqua Teen Hunger Force, he would be Meatwad. Why this man feels entitled. He looks... Has anybody ever told this man what he really looks like? Because it doesn't seem to be that way. Paige is better looking than you, bro. (laughs) She's a better person and she's better looking. If we want to take it to... Physical attractiveness. People would look at you and say, oh, she's cute. Him, not so much. And it's not even like a 
personality thing like oh you can't even say like oh he's cute but uh you know his attract you know his attitude makes him ugly no 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 <laughs> like, he's i <laughs> like what does he see when he looks in the mirror what does he think he's bringing to the table Do y'all remember when this man said the, um, the night of the wedding when he's taking his shirt off, like, oh, you know, my chest is so big. You know, I have a hard time taking my shirt off because my chest is so big. And he looked like a chubby 13 year old. He looks like he has never once, uh, done a crunch or a curl or a chest lift, a push up. And that's fine if you don't exercise, but don't act like you're about to open up your shirt and it's about to be Superman, bro. You look like anybody and nobody at the same time. The delusion. The, the del it's the delusion for me. It, I, <laughs> and like, I will be the first person in line at the parades for like, you know, Physical attractiveness is objective and subjective. And, you know, I, we can have conversations about how people, you know, shouldn't be. <laughs> You're not cute, bro. So for you to be like boldly saying on national television that like her face was the problem. Fuck off. Fuck right off. So then Pastor Cal is like, okay, besides the physicality, can you give me something about Paige that you really just didn't like? And Chris says, no, it was just physical. I just wasn't attracted to the face. And then he says, you know, I'm not being disrespectful here, but like there are so many black queens, white queens, Hispanic queens here in the city of Atlanta. And I just feel like it shouldn't have been hard for you guys to find somebody that I was attracted to because I'm not that picky. So now it's, their fault <laughs> he's acting like he hired them to find him like this is millionaire matchmaker pastor cal is not patty stanger so sir he is not your employee the production team is not your employee you are theirs and so for you to act like y'all could have found there are millions of women in the city of atlanta and y'all could have just like found one <laughs> you he literally said Out of the million of millions of women here, you pick the one that was just like, ugh. <gasps> I would Kool-Aid man my way through that wall and beat his ass. He is sick. And truthfully, I don't even think he really believes that she's unattractive. I think that he is like that dude who, you know, they'll holler at you. And then when you reject them, it's like, oh, well, you're a fat, ugly bitch anyway. I think that is exactly what he's doing. I don't think that he truly in his heart of hearts could say, do I think he could pass a lie detector test by saying that he thinks she's ugly? Absolutely, because he's a fucking monster. But do I think like if we were to really dig down all of those levels of shit that is in his heart 
if we really dug deep, he really couldn't say that she's not cute. He couldn't. He's just saying the shit because he's a monster. And he has to do everything. He has to go low, 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 low and say that her face. Isn't that vile? Do we not remember that the reason why we're in this situation is because of you? That you're telling me, basically, that you thought she was so ugly that you decided to, what, have sex with her? Your dick didn't seem to think she was ugly. Sir. Um, (sighs) Vile. What a vile human being. There are about two billion ways to say that you're not attracted to somebody and he picked the worst one he, he absolutely picked the worst one so pastor Kel's like no 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 no. i'm not gonna take that that's not true and chris starts laughing so then chris says you guys are responsible and it shouldn't be that difficult to find somebody <laughs> Cal says, you want it, let's be real. Like, you wanted somebody to be a power couple with. Like, you wanted somebody who, like, when you walk into a room that everybody's like, oh, look at them. And Cal says, you know, so every other area, you're telling me that Paige is qualified. But you just didn't like her face. And Chris says, yes, sir. Cal says, you know, attraction really has to be more than looks. And if you're truly looking for a marriage, you need to be focused on shared values And let that attraction grow. And Chris says, well, that's what I did, though. (laughs) And Kyle says, no, you did not. (laughs) I want the best for you and I want the best for Paige. But I know that this has been very difficult and painful for her. And I want you to seriously consider how you handle relationships. Because this is not even about you and Paige anymore. Because I know that you've been engaged multiple times and... None of those engagements have come to fruition. So your next decisions need to be well thought out and serious. And you need to have a look at yourself and say, what am I learning from this? So then Pastor Kyle says, you know, you have to admit that this is not your finest hour. And Chris starts to make a face like he disagrees. And then Chris says, you know, given the circumstances, I can leave this process knowing that I handled it to the best of my ability. Then he says, could I have done things differently? A hundred percent. And Cal says, you're married and you just bought a car for your ex. Do you think that's good? And then Chris says, you know, I told Paige she could have come with us. Imagine that. She probably, he probably wouldn't have even driven with her. He'd be like, oh, why don't you take an Uber? (laughs) Mercedes, why don't you drive off the lot, baby girl? And, um, you got your Uber page? You good? All right, I'll holler at you next time we go film. Sick. He's a sick man. He he is a sick man. So then Chris says, you know, or excuse me, Calvin at that point, after Chris says, you know, she could have come with us, Calvin takes his glasses off. And he, he's, Charlotte's getting pretty heated. And he goes, why the heck would she come with you and your ex-fiance to buy her a Mercedes when you've been married? How does that make sense? What the heck was she going to do tagging along with you? And Chris says, well, that's on her. Fly me to the moon. I don't want to be on this planet anymore. <laughs> I'm like, done, bro. I'm done with. If I catch Chris in these streets, 
if I catch him in these streets, if I catch you in these streets, Chris, <laughs> it's going to be on site, on site, on site. Okay. Um, so then Pastor Kel says, well, this is really showing me how little you care about Paige's feelings. And Chris says, well, that's not true. You can't expect me to apologize for buying Mercedes a Mercedes because I can't. You know, I've worked hard to make sure that my children have an inheritance. And then he says, and I think I want to buy Mercedes a, a house, too. You don't even live in a house. What? Okay. <laughs> so Cal says, you know, impulsive decisions like that are what got you screwed up in the first place. And Chris says, well, I'm just excited about the baby. And Cal says, that's fine. It's good to be excited about the baby. But it does not mean that you have to buy him the whole world before he's even born. So then Chris starts talking, you know, he starts getting cagey and is like, you know, I don't know where this conversation is going because like, I just feel like I've been straight up and honest. And Cal says, I'm just trying to create some closure here. Don't you feel like you owe Paige at least an apology for what you put her through? And Chris says, I can't apologize to her for that. And then he starts laughing and it's like, I can't. <laughs> Ooh. So we end this episode on Paige going back to her apartment alone. The apartment that she was supposed to live in with her husband. He never, he never came. So she says, you know, it's extremely disappointing that my marriage didn't work out. And she starts packing her stuff up. She had three little dresses dangling in the, in the closet and some clothes in a dresser and, uh, you know, she says, it's disappointing and disheartening that Chris did not spend one night in this apartment. And it makes me question, once again, why he even signed up for this process. Like, you couldn't even take the eight weeks to try and figure something out. And now I'm moving out of this apartment by myself with so many unanswered questions. So Paige says, you know, like, I'm just really ready for this to be over so I can move past this and start my life over again. <sighs> and And... So we all are. All of us are. So I'm very interested in seeing how or what we get out of Paige and Chris moving forward because this isn't like a Mindy and Zach situation where Mindy stayed in that apartment for the entirety of the experiment even though Zach never moved in really. So I'm just very curious like about how they're going to structure their filming engagements for Paige and Chris. Like maybe we just don't see them until decision day. That's what I'm curious about. I guess there are only a few episodes left, but anyway, guys, <sighs> thank you. I actually don't have a headache this time because I was able to just really get out my aggression on Chris. So I'm actually feeling better, but I'm also feeling like I would want to move on. So much like Paige, let's all move on. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.